This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zandra Robinson-Burns, founder of Heroin Training, where we learn to be the protagonists of our lives through my essays and podcasts like this one. This episode is called The Art of Admin. And to discuss it with me, I'm very excited to welcome my co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? Hello there. My art life is... It's swell this week. Let me tell you, it's swell. Because I had a really lovely last-minute invitation a couple of days ago. One of my friends slash one of my patrons from Patreon um, invited me to facilitate and host uh, his book release party. Um, his name's Henry Barajas. He just had his first like graphic novel published, and um, I've I, I know him through like comic cons. He works for a comic publisher. And I've sort of followed his his writing this book and publishing it um, over the past couple years. And he he wrote this brilliant graphic novel about his great grandfather's activism in Tucson. And I have been meaning to read it, and, and you know, it just came out. And he he like texted me out of nowhere the day before his book release because he wanted someone to like moderate the discussion rather than him just reading from it because it's also really hard to read from a graphic novel um so he he just knew that i used to host a book podcast and i've actually had him on a live stream on patreon before and he, so he just asked me to do this and i was like um absolutely it would be my pleasure and so he sent me you know a copy to read i read it that day got my questions together we got to do this event at one of my favorite bookstores in LA, Book Soup, and um, I loved his book so much. And I got to talk with him, you know, and and with the audience about comics and activism and representation of like Latinx people in media. And it was just such an amazing night. And I realized how much I missed talking to authors. I used to have this book podcast. I used to work in bookstores, and you know, I I haven't really had that much room in my life for that. Or I haven't been able to prioritize that. And it was wonderful. And in some ways, it was like, you know, coming back home, it was like, it felt so good to be doing something that I'm really good at. And among people who are so much in alignment with my beliefs and who are making art so much in alignment with my beliefs. So my art life is swell, Lysandra. I am, um, I just like, I'm so happy that I got to have that experience this week. I really wish that I could have been there. And one of the reasons is that attend a book launch is one of my aims for the year. And I put it on my list because I really love the feeling of celebrating someone's book launch and being there with them and hearing more of the story. So it's really cool that you were on the uh the on stage side of that and you said that you love talking to authors and i'm wondering what what do you love about talking to authors i really love 
interviewing people. You know, I love interviewing people about their process. And I particularly love writers because they tend to be able to speak eloquently and thoughtfully about the subjects that they write about or about their own lives. So that's part of it. It's just, you know, it's there's nothing like a deep conversation with a writer. Um, I And I just, I felt so glad to, of course, celebrate my friend. And um, it was also like a lovely moment of perspective because I... I know that even on this show, I, I can be a little bit negative about social media and about the internet um, as I like crawl out from under the rock that I live under and like want to live under in my hermit life. Um, <laughs> I, I can be a little bit negative um, about social media and I it was a great reminder at this event that like I wouldn't know Henry if there wasn't social media. Like, we've met at a com- at Comic-Cons a couple of times, but we would never know each other as well as we do if he hadn't joined my Patreon and then we built a friendship from there and now hang out in LA. But, like, that wouldn't have happened without the internet. And he never would have gotten his book made without Kickstarter and without crowdfunding. Like, that launched the first issues of this book, which was then published. But, like, it was such a wonderful reminder how much opportunity there is in social media and the internet. So that was yet another reason I was I was glad to do that because his perspective and our relationship was really affirming um, in an area that I sometimes have a lot of doubts. I think doubts is a good word for it. And I would describe you and I as cautious about the online sector because and I think that's a a good thing because we don't want to fully give ourselves to anything whether it's uh, the internet as a whole or um, in the past couple of weeks we I've been talking about how I've been challenged by uh, fan spaces that I'm a part of fan communities that I'm a part of and how that can be disappointing sometimes. And so I think it's a good reminder that with any of these spaces where we spend our time, whether in person or on the on the web, it doesn't have to be a fully good thing or a fully bad thing. It's how you engage with it and how and what we use it for. And I think that just in general in my life the past few weeks, I've realized how much relief I get from nuance, how much relief I get from gray area, and not needing to decide that something is good or bad. So you are spot on about the way that I'm seeing things right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Zandra, how is your art life? My art life is also swell. I would say I feel quite satisfied right now. I always feel this way on a day that I finally publish an essay. And this time I published an essay called Entertaining the Fantasy, which is about my backstory with Oxford and also about my most recent visit to New York City. And I've been trying to write this essay ever since I was 
on my way back home from New York a couple of months ago. And so I wanted to share a little bit about the writing process where I ended up writing 5,000 words plus for this essay and published 1,500 of them. And it through most of of writing this, I had this mixed feeling of frustration because I knew kind of what I wanted to say, but also, you know, hopefulness because I wanted to hold on to what the... I knew this was an important thing to write about, but I just wasn't quite sure which order to tell the story in. And yesterday, I finally pieced it all together, polished up the, put the text everywhere that it needed to be to publish it across my website, my newsletter, and Instagram, and recorded the audiobook for, read by Zandra for my Patreon. And it's, it's made the artwork, it's all done. And it's out into the world now. And that's just the most wonderful feeling as a writer in, in the work that I do. When you started this, you, you said, I've been trying to write this for months. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Why this particular topic? Yeah, why this particular essay? Why why do you feel like you you were trying for so long? Because it sounds like once you got started, it poured out of you. Well, by trying, I was writing it too. So it it poured out of me in a very like non-linear form. <laughs> Sometimes I write an essay and it's done in a couple of drafts. And other times I have to write pages and pages of of trying to tell this story and realizing that it needs to be told in a different way or with a different context or with different. Um, for this one, I was mainly I started out calling it The New Yorker and I was writing about the things that my friends from New York have in common. And I ended up telling a slightly different story in bringing in my my story with Oxford and instead making it about the places that call to me and telling the story of me discovering these different settings that I want to experience as a local. Well, I loved the essay and I hope the people listening will check it out. This week... I am very excited to be talking about the art of admin. This feels very much in my area of expertise as someone who specializes in daily life. And the reason that we are talking about admin, Grace, is that I believe you had some admin of your own to complete. Yes. In the past week? I certainly do. I'm I'm in a period of time right now that is paperwork heavy. I have quite a lot to to manage um on in the in the business admin side of things, you know, whether it's tax forms or or agent submissions. Um there's been kind of a lot piling up, especially because I've been traveling so much this whole year. 
So I was I was saying this to you and I I was excited to talk about admin as a very necessary part of artist life, but um but I was especially excited because you, Zandra, are my co-host and you are like the queen of organizing these these things, these tasks, but also making them fun. So um I I just wanted to start by asking you like how often does this come up with with your audience? How often do questions about admin come up? You know, obviously even I'm coming to you with like, man, how do I survive this week of <laughs> of paperwork? Questions about admin are probably my most asked topic. I used to give mini adventure mappings, these little 15-minute coaching sessions where people bring me an obstacle and I help them turn it into a mini adventure. And actually, if this sounds fun to anybody, just reach out to me and we can schedule one. I don't have a calendar set up right now, but we'll I was going to say, you should listeners. still be doing that because I, I got <laughs> great value from mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, it takes up a lot of uh, headspace for me, but for Art Life audience, I think um, I, I would love to do that. So here's your secret invitation. And the most common thing that people bring to me is I need to do this thing, this uh, project or this um, whatever it is that they need to get started. There's something in the way that is in the administrative category that makes it hard to get past. And my role is to help the person find a way to not just get through that and like put your head down and do it, but to make sort of a ritual out of that process of filling out the form or sitting down to do the research on your computer. It'll be individual to each person. And usually once I just, once I spark the idea that it doesn't have to be dull, I don't have to offer ways to make it more fun. Uh, the person that I'm talking to will come up with loads that are individual to them right away. So I think the main thing is to make the mindset shift of if you're really dreading something, recognize that feeling of, oh, don't want to do this and find a way that feels like your artist's way of of doing that task in a more creative, uh, through a more creative lens. Do you feel like people tend to come up with ways to make the process of it fun? Or is it like a reward at the end? I am, I like to advocate for process. And I'll recommend, um, Gretchen Rubin is, is my go-to for habits. And she I'm trying to remember which of her wonderful books it was. I think it's better than before, where she actually talks about how, and in The Happiness Project as well, I think, she talks about how rewards don't actually really work for uh, psychologically for building a long-term habit, because then you're you're doing the thing for the reward and not for the intrinsic value of the thing itself. So what's really valuable is if you find something 
about the process that is enjoyable or inspiring or motivating for you that will make you want to go through the process again and not just be on the other side of it. Do you have some examples you could share with us? So my go-to when in doubt is add a favorite beverage. So every day when I go through my emails, first of all, I set a timer for 25 minutes, and then it's sort of a game of trying to get through as much as I can, knowing that there's an end in sight. But an important part of this routine is to make myself a cup of tea first. And that actually puts me in the right mindset because I wait for the kettle to boil and it slows me down. And then having the tea there makes it more of a cozy thing. So even in my planner, I write tea plus emails instead of just emails. Actually, lately I've been writing owl post, which is another fun way. (laughs) Just call it something fun. And then each month, the other uh, favorite beverage tradition that I have is that every month Steve and I have our budget meeting and we have a collection of single malt whiskey. We live in Scotland and uh, we have one bottle for every year that we've been married. And so we have a tradition that we pour glasses of whiskey and the evolved version of this ritual is that The budget meeting can always be a little bit stressful, and so we make an effort to cheers when we have something to celebrate. And it could be really small, like we started a postage budget last month, and now we had enough money to to buy new stamps this month. Cheers. Um, We realized that we have something that we're... Uh, that we're saving up, that we need to be saving up for, that we didn't think to include on the budget so far, and it could be framed as a uh oh moment. But instead, cheers for identifying that and starting now instead of a month from now. And I, I, I just love that it's a something you share. It's a tradition that you get to share with someone, and make it fun for him too, um, and that it's all about celebrating rather than focusing on the drudgery. Yeah, it it took a long way to get there and now we look at our budget meeting as one of our most one of our greatest administrative successes. And Grace, I have a question for you actually because what we're working on at the moment is making a food prep menu writing ritual that feels as fun and rewarding as our budget meeting one. And since you're our resident chef on The Art Life, do you have any tips or habits from how you prepare food in your lifestyle that you'd like to share? So I think it's really important that I have my staples. I cook so much at home and I'm quite familiar with the things that I am happy to eat over and over. So in some ways, like the day-to-day stuff is all written in my brain. Um, the main thing I do when I'm grocery shopping is I I walk the out the perimeter. I grocery shop from the perimeter 
because like most of the healthy food is on the perimeter of the grocery store. Um, anything fresh, anything produce, it's all in the perimeter. So I know that when I'm out shopping, my my time is spent there and there might be some additional spices I have to pick up or whatever, but um, I don't really need much outside of the perimeter or inside, pardon me, inside of the perimeter. And so that's also just been helpful because like I have a, a clear awareness and I don't get lost or waste any time. Um, I do think like falling in love with food blogs is helpful or, or, um, falling in love with like a particular utensil. Like I, you know, there was like a huge uptick in instant pot sales a number of years ago and people love the instant pot now. And so maybe you get an instant pot or a slow cooker or something like that, and you decide, okay, I want to try out a bunch of things in this device. Um, and I think that's really helpful because then you're motivated to to use, you know, something new and to find a bunch of recipes for that thing, and then it's less difficult to discover something. Um, I also love sharing recipes with people, and I love cooking for people. Even tonight, actually, I just had a bunch of girlfriends over for a spa night and I cooked dinner and um, I made this pepperoncini slow roasted pork that I make. And um, I make that because Keitra, my roommate, loves pepperoncini peppers and um, my mom, last time I was, or actually a number of months ago when I was home in Philly, she made like a pepperoncini beef dish. And uh, Keitra doesn't eat beef. So I said, oh, I can I can make this for Keitra. I just have to replace the meat. So I think it's also helpful to like start to notice if you're motivated by such things, what your friends and your family like, and then start to experiment there. You know, start to look for excuses to add those foods in to their meals. Um, just for the joy of it. Just for the joy of like we talked about last week, giving a gift of like a home-cooked meal. So while my my um, my grocery list is usually very easy because I eat a lot of the same foods, it's um, it's also definitely a process and it's it's something where like, you know, if I'm making a, a, a meal for friends or I have I have a um, a new recipe that I want to try, that's all inspired and exciting and fun for me. And for for me and anyone else with their pens poised, what are some of your favorite food blogs? So the one that I am most obsessed with is My Moroccan Food. I love Morocco. I love mm. Moroccan food. And um, this blog, My Moroccan Food, has amazing recipes. The photography is beautiful. There's not a lot of annoying blog and ad as part of it. If you look up recipes online, you may have noticed so many recipe blogs are like are like full of like pages of blog posts and ads and pop-ups before you can even get to the recipe. And that annoys me. So um, my Moroccan food does not have all of that. It's very simple, beautiful photography. And you can search 
by, you know, the different kinds of meals. And then they are also very food allergy friendly. So like there's always listed like gluten-free, dairy-free, whatever it is. So I really love that site just because it's, it's gorgeous. And, um, and I, I can find things for anyone with different food allergies and cooking Moroccan food is very impressive to people (laughs) who do not (laughs) normally eat it. So that tends to be like my, my go-to, um, entertain uh, my go-to cuisine for entertaining oh i'm getting hungry just thinking about it (laughs) i think a theme that i'm noticing here in this mini tutorial in cooking administration that you've given me is my main issue with it is overwhelm where i don't really have the staples ingrained in me and so I really liked what you were saying about stick to one um, utensil I think you said and I know I have a, a blender and a food processor and it came with a little booklet of suggested recipes and of course I've never tried any of them but I really like that idea of narrowing it down to one perfecting one tool that I already have in my kitchen and i think that is what you need to avoid overwhelm i mean especially if you're starting to to learn to cook or if you know you're you're making it fun for yourself it's like okay well what can be made in a food processor well like you can especially in the winter start making some amazing soups and bisques and get all that stuff at a farmer's market and like that will be a great a great experiment for you Going back to admin, something that I realized this morning as I got my essay together was that so to publish my my writing on Instagram, I create those images in advance and I I hate doing this. <laughs> so I was using an app to copy paste paragraph by paragraph and I found it so clunky and I I hate being on my phone for so long and my my hand aches afterwards and because we had this episode coming up a, a little light bulb went off in my brain asking is there a better way to do this and I think that's also an important question with admin because I realized uh, yes, there is. For this case, I can just make Instagram-shaped images on my computer and copy-paste things a lot more uh, easily on my computer than in, in my little phone. And so uh, I just wanted to share that story of how sometimes we we get so sucked into this idea of, oh, this this task needs to get done. But Let's the the first question is does it and does it have to get done in the in the way that we think it does? Well, this this is very exciting for me because in part because of Gretchen Rubin who you mentioned, and um, in part because I've just been paying attention this week to my admin, I've realized that the main "ugh, I don't want to do this" feeling for me comes from the fact that like I. I'm able to complete tasks when I'm accountable to someone else. But if the tasks that I have are like my own taxes and my own like 
health insurance admin. <laughs> like, there's no one to be accountable to but myself. And that's where things start to fall through the cracks. I have no problem, for example, editing this show and getting it to you and having everything be on a schedule, even though that's that's admin. Like, some of the, the editing and the, the sort of um, behind the scenes of this show don't frustrate me because... I'm accountable to you. There's a schedule. I have an audience. So I've realized that like I might need to just to just schedule in coffee dates with people, work dates as I call them, where we work on these things across from each other. And it's that simple. And then I won't dread it because I have company. That sounds so lovely. Something that I have felt a little sad about as I've I've grown to be a more serious artist <laughs> is that uh, I used to do work dates at university and I especially love doing work with my friends who are doing different subjects than I was and so it felt like we were holding these different spheres of spheres of knowledge we're going deep here uh, <laughs> at our coffee table and when I'm working on my writing, when I'm working on my essays, I kind of need to be alone for that. I can't really be distracted by having somebody else there. But admin is such a great one to share with somebody that I can do. And especially if we sit down and each bring a project that we're working on um, and maybe not a creative project, bring something annoying that will be made better by a company and then set a timer together and work on things together um that's that's really lovely and i would say you could also do that long distance and grace if you ever want to you can also you can text me and say i i have to i'm gonna celebrate with you later that i i did my tax forms today and it's it can be as simple as like I did it. Yay. I love that. Thank you so much for that offer. You're welcome. And so we've talked about the amount of times you asked about this. And we've talked about like our different areas of expertise and how we formed our habits. But I'm wondering, and I know this is a big question. I'm wondering where you think the resistance comes from. Since you have so many discussions about this, about the the daily life tasks. Um, where do you think this resistance comes from within all of us? I think we go straight to avoidance without really looking at the thing. So if there's a task that you don't want to do, it's out of sight, out of mind. And often what I will schedule into my passion planner and my to-do list, I'll set a 10-minute task to look at passport application, not do a passport application or submit, renew passport or even fill out a form, but just look at what, look at it. <laughs> See what all of the different components are. Make, for me, I love to write a little handwritten with cute pens. Cute pens got me through my master's degree. Write it out really pretty um, and, and that's me. For somebody else, it'll be different, a different thing that'll get them excited. But it's really understanding what we're facing 
And then once we look at it, we realize, oh, that's not so bad. That's doable. Or we get a sense of like, this will take 20 minutes or this will take several hours. But before we look at what we're dealing with, we don't really know how to give it space in our brain or in our calendar. Does that make sense? It totally does. And I'm I'm just so inspired by even the fact that in your mini adventure mapping sessions, within 15 minutes, you just guide people along and you make suggestions. But really what people need is to just have that space with you and then they have the answers come up because they carved out the time to face it. Yeah. And it, it doesn't take as long as you think. So this is something that I... I work on every week for my Everyday Wonderland program, which I've mentioned a few times on the show. And what it is, is um, it's a weekly reminder that adventure doesn't have to take so much time or effort or money. So I write these one-minute calls to adventure because often it's just paying attention to something different or making a slight shift that takes one minute or less. And what inspires me to come up with these is when I notice something in my own life or in our secret garden community, what people are bringing up, if I notice something that is uncomfortable or something that we resist or dread, I challenge myself to come up with a one-minute fix for that. We're not even a fix, but a, you know, one minute magic wand wave over something that will make it make give give it more energy and inspiration for for people to get started. And that is what you do. And hey, anyone who's been listening to this show from from the beginning knows that you waved a magic wand over my life by making me deal with my resistance on the word fun which was an everyday wonderland topic, which is like a big discussion that you and I had and I had with so many me other members of everyday wonderland. So it works, kids. It works. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So what is the art life? The art life is reframing, reshaping and making things fun. Yay! <laughs> Zandra, what is the art life? The art life is giving yourself enough space. And I'll be taking that into my cooking prep as well. Zandra, we talked about Everyday Wonderland tonight, and we talked about your beautiful new essay about New York. Where can people find your art? Thank you. My art is based at heroinetraining.com. You can also find my essays on Instagram at heroinetraining. The audiobooks are on Patreon at heroinetraining as well. And you'll also find Everyday Wonderland on Patreon or on its own website, Everyday Wonder. Dot land. And if you do, if you are interested in doing a mini adventure mapping over the phone, send me an email 
and um, you can just say, I want a mini adventure mapping and I'll, I'll um, organize something that works out for our time zones. Fantastic. Grace, where can people find your art? My art is mostly collected on patreon.com slash gracegordonofficial. I am like high on Patreon right now. I am feeling it. Um, I've been posting a lot lately and I've been loving my patrons and loving the fact that, for example, this book release party and opportunity happened really because of Patreon. So um, it's been a busy month with content on Patreon and next month will be even fuller. And um, I, I'm just, I'm really excited to be learning who my audience is and be creating for them. So most of my things can be found on Patreon. Uh, that's where I recommend following me if you want to engage further. I really like what you just said about learning who your patrons are and creating for them. That's what I that's what I do with the Everyday Wonderland community as well. And that's what we do for this show. We've received some lovely letters in the P.O. box. And I am so grateful to everyone who's listened, every whether you've been quiet or whether you've written in to uh, make your voice part of the conversation as well. We appreciate your presence. Yeah, we make this for ourselves, but we make this for you. And this show is a conversation between us and a conversation between us and the audience. So it evolves with you and and um, thanks to your engagement. So we really love people writing in and asking for specific episode topics because like we'll make it. You ask for it, we'll make it. Yeah, send us a postcard. Please. Well, from my side of the of the world, good morning. And from my side of the world, good night. Get to your admin now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> We're rooting for you. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson-Burns. You can find us online at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91607, or email us, theartlife at heroinetraining.com. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.